your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to you a Thursday. I'm Rick Solom, 608. The guy just said it right. Do I need to do this? 608 785 7914. I always kind of wonder, but it's just like muscle memory at this point. Uh, man, there's a lot of news today. I don't even want to talk about any of it because it's the NBA trade deadline. I think the NBA trade deadline just passed, and uh, there is relevant uh, uh, lacrosse news when it comes to the NBA trade deadline, believe it or not. Lacrosse on Alaska, lacrosse area, lacrosse county news. How about that? Uh, Matt Thomas, he's an Alaska native, played for the Hilltoppers. Uh, Grant Bills made this joke earlier today. The former Hilltopper headed to the mountains. He's headed to the Utah Jazz. He got traded for a, a Golden State Warriors second-round pick, but the Toronto Raptors had it. The Toronto Raptors play in Tampa because the Toronto Raptors can't play in Toronto because of COVID. They can't travel over the border. <laughs> Matt Thomas is, uh, had been playing in the uh, with the team that didn't have a home. So he's been playing in Tampa all season. And now he gets traded to Utah. But this might be, I don't know if this is good or not for him. Just say Matt Thomas is a shooting guard. He's six foot four. He is an amazing three-point shooter. I think, uh, you know, Steph Curry won the NBA three-point contest this season. And Steph Curry is, by all accounts, the greatest shooter ever. I, I don't. It, it, you could argue it, but I you would lose the argument. He's the best shooter the the world's ever seen, or at least the NBA. I don't know. Maybe there's some per, some person in obscurity that's a better shooter. Matt Thomas maybe would have given him given him a run for his money in the three point contest. It would be. I mean, but he's you know the dunk contest. You don't know, but uh, the dunk contest has all these these so to, so to speak no name players that nobody's ever heard of. And Matt Thomas, to be honest, he's kind of one of those people. Uh, he's on. We know him because he's from Mount Alaska, but he nobody knows him, and he's and this is an obscure trade. But he might go to Toronto or might go to the Raptors and 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 be be able to get some more playing time. They every team can use a shooter in the the Toronto Raptors. I said the Raptors, the Jazz. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are a team that doesn't want to win right now. If that makes any sense. I won't get into the minutia of how the NBA works, but Toronto's right at the bottom of the league, uh, and the Utah Jazz are literally the number one team in the league. The Bucks have been the number one team in the league the last two years. They're third right now. Utah Jazz has the best record in the league. The Bucks third, and um, they're gonna they might they might put Matt Thomas out there to take some of the the, the attention. Well, so. A lot of the attention at Utah is going to go to their shooting guard Donovan Mitchell. They also have this like seven footer that's that's really good. He's defensive player of the year every year. Uh, those guys get a lot of attention. Utah is a team that moves the ball around a lot. Matt Thomas might just be out on the court finding himself open to just jack three pointers over and over again from the corner, and he does that just as well as anybody in the NBA except Steph Curry. Um, he's shooting 45.7% from beyond the arc. So if you imagine shooting three-pointers and you're hitting every other one of them, that's pretty much Matt Thomas in an NBA game. So I can't even go to the Y and hit every other one or every third. In fact, I can't go to – I haven't shot a basketball in a year. <laughs> so I'm sorry to break down uh, NBA basketball with you to start the show, but on Alaska kids playing in the NBA – 
gets traded to the best team in the NBA. And the irony of going from a team that plays in Canada that can't play in Canada that plays in Tampa, <laughs> and now he has, he gets to leave that situation. And they're they're terrible right now. So um, hopefully that pays off for Matt. He hasn't played a ton this year for the Raptors. Uh, he played 20 minutes a couple of times this season. He he has been good. He's been when he gets in there, he's he's always hitting threes. I mean, he's the last uh, four or five. Uh, let's see, five games he's played. He's hit he's hit at least one three pointer. So when he's played at least more than five minutes, if he's only out there for a minute or so, then he's not. Um, but yeah, he had 11 points just uh, the beginning of the month in in a game against Detroit. He had, uh, four of seven from the field. So uh, cool. It's exciting news. Uh, more exciting news tomorrow. I guess if you're just if you're out, if you're not doing anything tomorrow morning, and I tried to get Dave on today, Dave Larson, um, with the Freedom Honor flight. If you remember, remember when we used to do those, we'd used to send uh, veterans to Washington. Maybe we'll do those again. Uh, and I tried to get Dave's busy, but he he did want me to just. I don't know if he wanted me to tell you, but I want to tell you. Uh, Blue Angel pilots are coming to Lacrosse tomorrow morning. So I think if you're just kind of outside around the airport at uh, – so the thing's at 10, nine thirty, ten o'clock. But I think if you're just outside uh, around that time, 9, nine, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, you might just have to put the lawn chair out and hang out if you want to see a Blue Angel fly by because that's what's going to happen. You're going to see maybe, I think, two two Blue Angels, um, at least two pilots. So um, – yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go over there. <laughs> I love seeing that kind of stuff. That's uh, the last they they the last time we could do stuff like that. There were you know a bunch of old airplanes, World War World War something, two airplanes, big huge ones out at the airport, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to co- I'm going to cover that. I'm I'm using my press credentials for that uh, and taking pictures, and uh, that was really fun. Uh, I always love seeing stuff like that. Air Force Sparta, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, you know, why don't you talk about what's going on today about the idiot who is. Okay, so Eric, a veteran, could have talked to me about the Blue Angels, could have talked to me about Freedom Honor Flight. Um, anyway, uh, all right, let's see. Brad's doing the news. Also, there, I just real quick, there's about 45 minutes left here. If you live on French Island and you don't know that, it, I would have, I would assume if you're on French Island, you probably know this. Um, but they're they're making accommodations for people that can't get out there. But there is. 45 minutes left to go get water. Hy-Vee's giving out bottled water. There's also another, uh, there's two sites, right? Brad, Brad's probably going to tell us in the news here. Um, there's two sites. What's the other site? Uh, i got to find the story. Well, let's hope, let's hope Brad tells us. <laughs> oh, here it is. Uh, I, I just read it earlier. The uh, the Olivia Lutheran Church, you can go there too until 6 or the days in. They're giving out bottled water right now for French Island residents. And, and there's also news. Uh, state the state's going to do, start doing that as well so it's taking some of the burden off the city right and uh the state's going to kind of handle start handling some of that burden which is great news for people of french island uh people in the city of lacrosse too a little bit it's gonna gonna help out there all right now now i'll get to brad in the news and we'll be back after this all right welcome back to lacrosse talk p.m 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Somebody texted in uh, before the show. I don't know who this is. Uh, somebody that. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. 
They said, uh, so I heard this on Hannity and thought it was a great question. Would you let Biden run your business? I don't have a business, so I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but there you go. Uh, Ken, I, I should have mentioned, too, Ken Gilliam, the fire chief of lacrosse, is going to join us. Uh, that was one of the million things going on today. But I got too excited about Matt Thomas being traded to, to a team that maybe will use utilize him. And uh, and then the did it, I don't even know how much I talked about it. No, it's all a blur. That's six minutes ago. Uh, but but the, there's going to be a couple of Blue Angels flying over tomorrow. There's a couple of pilots uh, stopping in to talk about the fact that we're going to have AirFest again. And Brad's going to come on, Brad Williams, and he's in the newsroom. He's going to come on in a couple of minutes before Gilliam comes on. And he knows AirFest stuff, too. So I'm going to quiz him there because we haven't had an AirFest in a while. And there was highway construction and, and stuff like that. Uh, canceled it, which just seemed really funny. It's like, ah, there's too much construction. We can't have an AirFest. Uh, then COVID hit, you know, so we didn't have it. I mean, it's been years. And that's one of my favorite things. Uh, EAA, I was, I, I'm from the Appleton area, so when the EAA came to Oshkosh, uh, the, the fly-in, uh, I was always uh, begging dad and mom to take me, and they always took me because I'm a spoiled little kid. And uh, just remember, you know, seeing a stealth jet fly over and the, obviously the Blue Angels, the Thunderbirds. Um, and I remember seeing a Harrier take off to a Harrier just where it the that's one of them jets that can go straight. I'm doing motions in the in the newsroom uh, for the Facebook crowd, uh, where the jet can it can take off by going straight up, right? As which is really cool as a jet. And I remember seeing um, like a flyover where they simulated like a, a, a bombing run in Vietnam, which you know when you think about it now is kind of scary, but uh, you could feel the heat from the from the the simulated bomb run was pretty interesting. I don't I don't know if I want to say it was cool. It was it was hot. That's for sure, but uh, and Brad's going to talk to. He was over on French Island earlier today too, checking out the you know, water distribution and just you know the whole PFAS situation. The state's going to give uh, people on French Island now. The DNR has said today that they're going to provide bottled water for the forty three hundred residents of French Island. So everyone's going to get bottled water because you know what, this PFAS thing is probably going to be everywhere, um, right? If it gets, if it's in your groundwater here, then how it's it's going to end up. Right? Is the city of Lacrosse going to have a PFAS situation at some point, as opposed to just people on French Island? I, I I don't know. I guess there's a river in between there, and it just goes under the river, so no big deal, right? Um, forever chemicals, the chemicals that never go away. Why are we using this stuff? Why why haven't we just clamped down on? No, we're not using PFAS anymore. Uh, federal ban, a worldwide ban on PFAS. I get it; it fights fires, but man, it does some damage. And hey, Ken Gilliam. Fire Chief's going to come on, so we could quiz him about that stuff too. We have in the past too. I understand that, um, but yeah, we got to. But the the reason I'm having the Fire Chief on is he sent a, a a message out to the City Council last night talking about flipping plans, and that's on WisdomNews.com. If you want to read about it quick, do a little homework before uh, listen to the interview. Uh, but if you're driving in your car, don't do that. But Station Four is a historic building on the north side of La Crosse, or they want to make it a historic building. And um, there's a petition going around. I wonder if the petition's got quite a few more signatures than it did yesterday. I'm going to look. Um, no. <laughs> it's the same amount as it did last day. Uh, real early uh, this morning, I looked. And um, so unless it's – is it – no, you can still sign the petitions. Just the repurpose fire station number four instead of tearing it down because the, the, the lacrosse fire department wants to build a new station there. Um, and talking with um, – the Heritage Preservation Commission. Let me see here. Let me make sure I got that right. 
Um, nope, that's all. Now I got I got my notes messed up. Now I got just Deke Slayton Airfest information. Um, but talking with uh, one of the historical groups uh, the other day, they said that you know they're, when they're building the new fire station, they aren't tearing the old fire station down right away. So there is this the situation where oh heritage preservation commission i was talking to laura gooden and um they're not going to tear down the old building right away they're going to build a new building and when the new building gets built then they will tear down the old building because while the new building gets built they're using the fire station still right we still have fires we still need that so um so her her whole thought process there was well if we're able to use the old building while we're building the new fire station then there is this avenue here where we wouldn't have to tear down the old fire station right so we can kind of get we can kind of get into the nitty-gritty with ken on that too which is what he sent the message to the city council for last night just saying they want to flip it so they want to take they want to take the plan for 2022 if i get this right i think i do i was listening to the message they want to take the plan for fire station two that's i believe on molitor street like the the road to go to Menards, that's how I the road by Taco John's. That's how I describe things because I'm a you know been living in the cross for so long. I just uh, where do you go? You gotta take a right by the old Luther Church and then down by the Taco John's and then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the station on Molitor Street and and they wanna they wanna do that one up. Just tear that one down, I think, and then build a new station there, and then that will buy some time for how we can figure out what to do with the historic building situation with station four on the north side and maybe we preserve that maybe we change the plans but it just essentially delays uh everything a year there but moves up the the timeline for the other thing uh safety wise i don't know is that is that the best the best thing uh does that does that create an avenue where there wouldn't be money to build a new fire station on the north side if it's if we got to go through all the processes processes uh to build a new fire station we got to get all the everything approved the 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 funding for it right if we're going to flip the funding um i don't know is it just as is it easy as that it sounds like it's as easy as that right because that's how government works it's just super easy you just say we're going to do the fire station two plan first we're just going to move that up the timeline and we're going to take the plan for fire station four and we're going to flip it and the funding will just get flipped to and just you know just just change, scribble out 2021 and put 2022 on that one. Scribble out 2022 on this one and put 2021. And that's it. And we won't, uh, government approved, right? Uh, city council, good. Mayor Cabot, good. And we're good. Nothing, nothing to, uh, nothing to it. That's how government works. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I'm sure Gilliam will come on and tell me that too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So. Uh, I doubt it. I doubt that's how it works, but we'll see. I doubt it. Um, also in the news today, this is on wisdomnews.com as well. Headline, Lacrosse School District Suspend School Resource Officer Memorandum of Understandings Cites Citizen Harassment. So uh, this gets back to uh, the news um, over the past few weeks of a citizen's oversight board or a lacrosse police oversight board that's outside of the realm of police and the lacrosse county criminal justice management council has a subcommittee looking into how that would be structured 
And the chair of that subcommittee has had resigned because she's being harassed, because somebody went on her Facebook, one of her Facebook friends went on her Facebook and screenshot some pictures that aren't public. They're private fic pictures. Uh, maybe the maybe the picture of her eyebrows <laughs> is public. She might have had that one public because she posted, uh, and it's really weird because some some website uh, you know used that picture as as part of their story. Um, and and in her post, it, it just she literally says, well, I wouldn't say literally, but she says something about her eyebrow game because she just did her eyebrows and. Uh, <laughs> I know she made the joke that she was glad that somebody used that picture because her eyebrows look great, right? Um, but here's she literally posts, and this is on that that website that where they just use her private photos in their story. Um, yeah, this one's private too; it's it's not marked as public. So you literally screenshot a, sh- a photo, and it, it shows that it's not public. Uh, she says, "I know it's not Friday, but this eyebrow moment felt worth documenting." So how's a hump day selfie thread. I miss your faces. That's what she posted. That's part of this uh, the story that's headlined, lacrosse cop hater pushing police oversight board. Uh, they used their main picture is used uh, of her eyebrows. Good job, guys. Uh, but, you know, um, this is uh, this is stemming from that. This the, 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 We're harassing this woman who had to step down from the board because she's being har- harassed. I'm, I, I say we're harassing, but I'm not harassing her. Uh, talking about her eyebrows, I think she'd appreciate it. But uh, yeah, so the school district uh, of Lacrosse uh, put out a essentially said that we're going to need some reassurances from the police that you know if we have a school resource officer program in our schools and we have a board to kind of police the school resource officers program uh, overlooking them, then uh, we got to make sure that that board isn't also harassed. So, so there's that. Um, all right. So Brad is in here, and we're g- Brad. Are you going to be able to talk to me about the the air fest? A little, okay. So depending you, what you want to know. Well, it's all this uh, Brad the human Google information. That's I think right. you have all that. So, I have a, a bit of it. Yes. Okay, so Brad's in here now. We're going to break down uh, a couple of things in a minute, but we'll we'll get the Scott's comment first, and then we'll make this the Brad news segment. Uh, we'll be back after this. French Island, all afternoon, as I see it. <laughs> Wait, as I know, the wisdom news. What do you say in the morning? Wisdom news. Wisdom news. All news, yes, all uh, morning. But that's what Dick Record always oh. used to say, the all news, all morning. And I'm Brad Williams. I see it, too. But it's the afternoon, and, and we're going to talk. Uh, our news at this time is uh, going to be about French Island, mainly. Yeah, we're going to do a little bit of a back and forth on news. Uh, first of all, fr- first French Island thing that's more exciting to me, uh, the other ones may be more pressing, is uh, the Deke Slayton Air Fest is having a press conference tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Sounds like a couple of Blue Angels pilots are going to be there. So I think if you're outside around 9, 10 o'clock, you're going to see some Blue Angel jets. I don't know what kind of jets. Do you know what kind of jets the Blue I, Angels I are? F- I don't The F-something jets. I, I, I don't know, know which jets, but they they fly fast and they swoop. Nah, they fly fast. I don't know if they'll be doing any swooping tomorrow. Let me no, see. No, F- if there's only one jet, then I think not uh, do a lot of swooping. How about this? FA-18 Hornet? Okay, that F-18 sounds good. Hornet? Sure. Um, yeah, F-18. So, Deke Slayton Air Fest going to happen this summer? It is going to happen this summer, as far as unless something else 
stops it, but uh, it's uh, been seven years. Seven, seven years since seven the last years. time. Now they uh, they started the air fest, I think, in the nineties. Is is when they and they used to do it every year and have all sorts of uh, airplanes and uh, aviation uh, attractions out at the airport. Mm-hmm. Then the organizers kind of realized, well, we only get the big crowds if we get one of these. Uh, Thunderbirds, Blue Angels. Thunderbirds, Blue Angels, and maybe the Golden Knights parachute team. Mm-hmm. If we get a, a a military stunt group, that brings in people. So we won't do it when years we don't get it. Yeah. And there are a lot of years they don't get it. There were a couple of years they were going to do, uh, like I said, 2014 was the last Air Fest. They were going to do it the next year or the year after, but there was a lot of uh, road, construction. road construction on I-90 out near the airport, so they were worried about that, and they didn't do it. And then so originally, late, lately, they, and lately they haven't oh. been able to get a group, and last year was COVID, so they couldn't do it anyway. So originally they couldn't get a group, so they canceled the Airfest? And it wasn't That's, 2015? If, if, if they don't get a group like the Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds, they don't do an Airfest. Okay. All right, moving on. So water situation, yeah, you, you did you check out both sites? Or I was you... at both sites, which are very, you know, two blocks away from each other. All right, and it's pretty, you, did you did you steal any water from French I Island? Am, I'm not going to steal water. <laughs> from, I don't live on French Island no, I anymore. <laughs> I did many years ago. Yep. But, uh, yeah, there there were uh, people coming up with their, their cars and sometimes uh, the pickup, you know, let down the tailgate and we'll, we'll bring in the, uh, it was two people. Uh, 24 packs of water for each person in a household who needed it. And, and just wham, of, bam, you know, huh? There, was there, there were scouts and there were other uh, people. Um, EMTs were available to uh, help out with the, this is the uh, high V water giveaway that they had. And so there were lots of bottled water. But there was another group at a church, right? At that one of them was at the Olivet Lutheran church yep. and the other is at the days in. And if they still have water there, and they might because they had a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in, going until six o'clock. Yep. So you got a couple minutes, uh, French Island people. Um, and and then news today too. The state is going to uh, the DNR essentially, right? Or the state is going to get involved. Right. The in DNR this. and the Department of Health Services uh, getting together because the city has been asking them to get involved, and uh, I'm sure Town of Campbell has been doing more of the same. And uh, they they said at this point, 185 private wells have been tested. And one third of them have had been over the acceptable level of PFAS, mm-hmm. and uh, they found that PFAS in all but one of those private wells. So they're going to start bringing in uh, water. There will be five-gallon water containers also available to some uh, residences in on French Island. But uh, the uh, the state is coming in and and starting to help out, and they're still investigating not just the. Uh, well, one of the uh, incidents was a crash that happened at a Deke Slayton Air Fest in 2001 where they used the, the uh, firefighting foam. Yep. But then the, it's also come to light recently that there was uh, a 1970 crash on a different part of French Island, farther from the airport, apparently where the same chemicals were used, and they are testing in that area as sure. well. All right, so uh, all right, do your Wisdom News closer. All right, and for wisdomnews.com, I'm Brad Williams. It's where the lacrosse area finds out what's happening. It's Wisdom News. WYZM is News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Got a, I did get a text from Tim. He's telling me the FA18, the Blue Angels are 
they fly the FA-18 going to the FA-18E slash F in 2021. So a little technicality there, Ken Gilliam. What do you think? Are you a Blue Angels fan? I love the Blue Angels. Those are they're great great show, great planes, awesome yeah. pilots. Yeah, just get your lawn chair out of tomorrow about 9 o'clock. I think you'll see them fly by. That would be awesome. Uh, that's Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. I brought him on for a couple of reasons. Uh, do you want to do Firehouse stuff first or PIFA stuff first? It's your show, Rick. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we just had Brad on here. He was out at French Island. They're giving out water. Uh, Hy-Vee's giving out water. The State Department of Health and DNR have, have said they're going to start giving French Island uh, people water. Uh, the PIFA situation, I don't – well, it's the, the, the La Crosse Airport is going to be its own fire department now, right? Is that how that – things have, are going to change there, right? Or is it already? Yeah, the, our fire department's no longer out there. The airport staff are, again, covering that. That kind of was a pandemic-related uh, switch with the uh, with budgets and everything. They just weren't able to sustain having us out there, so they kind of went back to having uh, some of their operations personnel cover the ARF uh, crash rig out there. But you guys were the fire department out there, and you guys had at some point in time used PFAS out there, but you, you made that change. We've talked about it before, but I thought we'd reiterate the fact that we've made a, we've made a switch out there, right, with PFAS? Yeah, the, the La Crosse Fire Department is PFAS-free. We have been for well over a year. Uh, we actually sat on a state task force with state fire chiefs working uh, to help the whole fire service deal with this. And we, we really got ahead of the curve with Madison and a few other cities to uh, just, just get it taken care of as far as not having any more of it. Uh, unfortunately, the FAA is still mandating it for airports, um, and I know they're looking at alternatives right now. I'd have to uh, probably defer that over to uh Ian Turner, our airport director, on where they're at with that transition. Okay, so if there were a fire out there, they they would they would would they would they take some precautions, or would they would they decide we don't need PFAS for this, or we really have to use PFAS for this? Do you know? Yeah, I think right now, certainly with with the awareness, I don't think they'd be using it unnecessarily. Uh, knock on wood, if you had a large aircraft fire out there and uh, there was a foam needed to save a life, I, I think someone would make a, a judgment call there. Uh, knock on wood, we won't uh, have any aircraft crashes here in the near future. And uh, for other things at the airport, uh, you know, it's just it's more structure-related. The La Crosse Fire Department covers the airport for fire and medical emergencies. I, I think the, the contamination from way back over the years of the life of the airport out there, it, it's certainly from a, a couple of crashes that occurred, but it's also from the training uh, that went on and just regular maintenance with the rigs. All that's been stopped. So there's not, you know, a weekly or daily t- training going on out there, or accidental discharges happening or anything like that. So it's, it's been pretty well isolated. Uh, it, outside of a, a large air crash. All right. So let's transition now. You you put out a video, and I felt kind of weird because I feel like this video was supposed to be just to the city <laughs> council, but then it's just, here's the link, and I can hear Ken talking, and I'm just going to steal his quotes and play it. And uh, I don't know. Did you Do you feel – what what was your reaction when you're like, oh, good, the news media pick up this this video that I, I sent only to the city council? Yeah, I sent it to city council as well as some city staff. So somebody uh, was – and enough to forward it out to the media, and that's fine. You know, I, I government's supposed to be transparent. I, I don't think any council members should be too concerned with what I did. Um, but certainly, I've been talking with a lot of them today. The uh, I've learned uh, over my career that you spend a lot of time trying to hone the perfect email, and uh, people still don't read it or read it correctly. So I've I've tried to switch over to more video format messaging because people can, you know, see my smirky smile and understand that I come in peace, and we're we're just trying to get some good stuff done here. So uh, what what really led into it is the uh, the progress on our station for the new construction up on the north side on Gillette Street. 
the Historic Preservation Commission is petitioning to get the old station uh, saved uh, as a historic designation. Uh, dialogue needs to occur with that designation process and then what will become of the building. Um, our current plans for the fire station were to be over the top of the old station. So we're kind of at this standstill now where I can't move forward and continue spending money on the remaining aspects of architectural design and starting to move into site prep. Uh, if in a couple months it's going to be, you know, if we're going to be told that we have to stop. So I, I met with the mayor, I met with our finance director, a few other people, and, you know, just we're talking options and really looked at it. If, it, if it's going to take three to six months of dialogue to determine the fate of the old fire station, and we're going to potentially have to draw brand new plans up for a, a new smaller station up there, let's, and it's kind of like you were saying earlier, I heard you before the break, let's go ahead and just flip it. We'll move to our next uh, priority, which is station two. Uh, we've got an opportunity on some property that the parks department was willing to vacate. And it's just, uh, it seemed like a good opportunity to try and still get something done in 2021. And then uh, we'll have some time to dialogue. So hopefully this will be seen as a gift to the uh, historic preservation groups and, uh, you know, maybe something good will come of it. Is this, are you learning a little bit about government and the fact that, you, okay, I want to flip this, so i got to get this onto the council's agenda for next, <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks from now? Yeah, no, I learned long ago government doesn't move very fast, but I think the founding fathers of the country wanted it that way so you could see them coming, you know. So it's it, we, we do everything publicly. You know, we put in a lot of reports. We document a lot of things. And, you know, there's been people that were caught off guard that we were going to, you know, potentially rip the station down. But, yeah, we supplied a report to council in 2018 that the recommendations out of this uh, citizen task force was that stations two and four uh, be demolished and replaced. So, you know, the it was documented. Um, I can appreciate with the pandemic and other things going on last year, people were probably paying attention to more important things, and all of a sudden the fire chief's getting some work done on the north side, and, and you know, kind of everybody uh, just got a little caught off guard that we were actually moving forward with it, I think. So... Yeah, you you got to stop doing the fire chief stuff. You're doing the third person thing. No, I'm just giving. I'm giving you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know, did that in the video uh, too. I, I work in a position. I I try to re- be responsible to everybody. You know, ultimately, I I I'm accountable to the citizens of lacrosse and the taxpayers. I report to a council and a mayor and a police and fire commission. So there's a lot of moving pieces, and uh, I think what we just what I what I'm doing with the move this week is still trying to get progress on critical needs of the fire department by getting a station moving this year um, and also meeting needs of citizens and, you know, 300-plus people that have signed a petition to save the old station. I don't want to discount their passion for an old fire station. I love old fire stations. Uh, I don't have a budget to do whatever they think they want to do with that building, so it'll it'll turn into one of those dialogues about, okay, you've designated it, now what does it become? Because it just simply doesn't work as a fire station anymore. There's a, there's a a Is there a pole in that station, Ken? There Is are it, two poles in that little All right. Can it be like a child daycare center and the kids can slide down the pole and it'd be fun? <laughs> that would be an ocean nightmare, Rick, but yeah, you can dream a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, also think, the building inspector. The yeah. building is, and they'll learn as, as you look to try and do something else with it for public spaces, they'll run into the same problems we do with ADA compliance. You know, adding an elevator will add a couple hundred thousand dollars and, you know, where do you put it? That's a really small fire station. Uh, most of our trucks don't fit in it anymore. You know, the larger fire engines and um, it's just it's lived its 
it's life. And uh, if it can be repurposed for something and somebody steps up and wants to save the old fire station, I love old fire stations. You know, I've been in the fire service for 30 years. So um, I'll, I'll be looking forward to the dialogue over, the, you know, the, the remainder of this year on that station. At the same time, uh, we've got a lot of critical issues. And um, if we can move on to the next one on the list and get something done, I think that's my, my job as the chief to uh, keep us moving forward. Let's brainstorm here. What about like a laser tag facility, something like that, or maybe a pool hall where ping pong and pool? Can we do stuff in there? I don't, I haven't been in the building, so I don't know what it looks like, but you do. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think all, you know, any idea is a great idea when you start having those type of talks. So um, I guess if they put a task force together to study it, uh, I'll recommend you maybe be added as a as an advisory person. <laughs> oh, God, nobody wants to hear about another task force. <laughs> um, all right. Two things I got. You, you, you mentioned uh, you were going to build the new fire station literally over the top of the old one. At what point does the old, would in, in the original plan, at what point would the old one get demolished? Would you have... Would you have partial new fire station built where you guys could start using that as the fire station and now we can demolish this other thing? Because at, yeah. at some point you have to have a transition. You need to keep the old fire station because you, you need a fire station. But at some point, um, yeah, so literally a, the new one was going to go over the top somehow. You said over the top, so I guess I explained yeah, that. Yeah, so it, and it'll get confusing. Uh, one of the processes that we were still working through is how long can we keep the current station in operation before it has to come down so there's a lot of site work we have to vacate an alley uh, you know reroute a a storm sewer system um and and we could start working on some of the the new facility at a certain point in time the old station would have to come down logistically we're already efforting what that will look like and we've had it before where station two on monitor street flooded and we've had to move rigs around Uh, last year with the pandemic we had you know three rigs working out of the lacrosse center and the two high schools so we'll we'll be working Engine 4 on the north side of an alternate facility, hopefully for just a handful of months. Um, but essentially where the where the new apparatus bays and the apparatus pad to pull out on Jut Street are, that's where the old fire station sits. So it's it's not a it's not we can't we can start building now and get to this discussion later. It would change the entire scope. Um, the, the building we're trying to build up there now takes care of some office space needs that we have as well as uh, community room spacing. And, and quite frankly, if, if we want to save the old fire station, we could build a smaller fire station across the alley and not have to deal with the cost of vacating the alley and everything. Uh, we would just lose the opportunity of some of the extra spaces that we were trying to build into the north side one. Um, and that's part of that dialogue. It's like for every gain you get, you're going to lose something. You know, It's like give and take. Yeah, that was my next question. If you're building a f- smaller fire station, it sounds like you kind of answered it. My, my, my thought was like, hey, wait, we're building a station for the the size of the need of fighting fires, we're making it smaller. We're, are, are we making the ability to fight fires on the north side less? But it sounds like we're just taking off the the office space portion portion of the situation. Yeah, and really, we we you know we there's a there's a bed in my office currently because we had to bust up all of our bunk rooms at Station One. So most of my administrative staff have been displaced, and um, we've talked about that before. So I won't get into it today. Um, we were looking at the opportunity of building a new station and, and by not going to a two story fire station and spreading out on one floor, we, we eliminated two stairwells and an elevator. That was about 300,000 in savings that we could apply to adding some office space. So that's why it's, you know, the, it's about an, a 20,000 square foot facility with all the apparatus bays and everything. But we can, you know, the, the admin wing that we were trying to add on up there was only about 2000 square feet. It's not a, not a monstrosity by any means, but we can, uh, we can focus on just the fire station, probably have two or three bays there, and uh, working quarters for the fire crews that work out and get on a much smaller footprint on one side of the alley 
And, uh, you know, if there's a great plan that somebody can come up with with saving the old historic fire station, uh, that'd be awesome. Now, the, and then Station 2 on Molitor Street, we're, we're tearing that one down, or are we going to have a fight about that, too, because it's historic or something? Yeah, that one's, um, that one's sitting in the floodplain, and there's been enough repairs done to it since 1990 that I can't change a bathroom faucet, much less remodel a bathroom without violating the FEMA floodplain rules that we're already uh, struggling with around the city. So uh, the value of that structure is about $200,000. Uh, it's in the floodplain, and it, the GPS or the uh, GIS modeling wants that station down around the intersection of La Crosse and West Avenue. So that station will come down. That's certainly that land there is a development opportunity with that, that neighborhood there. Uh, but but the, that station will drop down just to La Crosse and West, and it's a pretty straight shot up to the north side still. So we're just moving a little bit on the map. It'll be better located for our call volume. And then, you know, you're, you're trying to transfer the budget costs for from one year to the next. Are these stations pretty similar in, in how much they would cost the city? Yeah, pretty much, and that'll be in the. Uh, it's it's getting put into Legistar today. It'll it'll be uh, available for public view next week, and the council uh, council F and P will be looking at it next week. Um, and I spell out it's it's really taking uh, capital money that we already have secured, um, and just changing the project that we're working on. So instead of working on Station Four, we're going to work on Station Two instead, and then we're in next year's budget, which isn't approved yet. But in next year's budget, we already had Station 2 as our number one priority to replace it. We're just doing that flip. So it's just uh, reallocating the money essentially to a different fire station project. Ultimately, I've got to get them both done. I'm still very optimistic that in the next year and a half or so, we can have both of them moving forward. I'm getting yelled at because I keep saying Monitor Street, and it's Monitor. I was reading Google Maps. Monitor. I was reading Google Maps, and and the street is sideways. Uh, and I'm a Brewer fan, so Paul Molitor sticks out in my head. Thanks, Main Street guy, for correcting me. Um, and then uh, I just lost my notes here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I wrote down one other thing as you were talking there. But um, just, oh, pushback. Have you gotten any pushback yet from, I don't know, who's besides uh, a historical community probably loves you, but has anyone within, like, the county or city government said, no, we can't do this, we don't want to do this? Well, it's a lot of questions. I mean, I just hit our council with it yesterday in concept, and there's uh, there's formal public meetings over the next few weeks where, where there'll be dialogue. Um, I'm, I'm answering any questions that come up. I think, you know, we're trying to get something done. I'm trying to work with the, the hurdles that are placed before me to, to keep it on track. Uh, the Heritage Preservation Commission is meeting tonight at 6 o'clock, so as I'm getting off with you, I'll be hopping onto that meeting and uh, kind of letting them know what we've done. We're giving them an opportunity to save the station, I guess. Um, yeah. Hopefully they'll support us on our other things that we're trying to do with the Station 2 site and whatnot. One last softball. This is kind of a sacrifice for the fire department, right? Because you, the, the, the fire station number four was number one on the list for a reason, right? Yeah, stations four and two were both number one on the list, and we had to choose. So Station 4 was the oldest. Station 2, uh, a number of my staff have told me, is actually the worst station to work in. Um, it's, it's literally a couple of garage bays and then, like, a couple of little block rooms off to the side of it. Not a lot of space at all, a terrible bathroom and, and work areas. Um, so, you know, if you were going off of uh, creature comforts, we would have replaced Station 2 first. Okay. Uh, but as you look at the total picture, Station 4 is that much older. Um, and and as we weighed the pros and cons, we, we selected to go with Station 4 first. In a perfect world, we'd be doing both of them right now. We're actually uh, both of them a couple of years ago. Okay, and then now, this is a really good softball question here. Uh, we're going to have men's and women's uh, facilities in there, right? The new ones? 
<laughs> Absolutely. We'll have uh, independent bathroom, locker room, showers, so that uh, men and women aren't walking in on each other or, or causing those risk management things. Uh, better, better working areas, uh, decontamination areas as they're coming back uh, with carcinogens or uh, byproducts of the medical calls we go on. Keeping that out of the work areas of the fire station and having a clear decon path into, into adequate shower facilities and whatnot. So these are uh, very modern design fire stations by a great company we're working with. Uh, this is going to be a great uh, risk management tactic for the city as we get these things going. So, I, again, I just appreciate anybody that can, uh, you know, certainly contact your council members. But uh, we're, we're trying to do the right thing, get both these stations done in a reasonable period of time. All right. Thanks a lot, Ken. Thanks, Rick. Bye. All right, that was Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. Number three's calling. I'll just get him in because I'm, I'm going to go to break quick, but he was waiting. Number three, do you want to talk to me because I hung up on Ken? Well, I suppose I can talk to you because you won't have the answer either. No. <laughs> I was just wondering, uh, buying all this land for station number four, the old one that they want to tear down, I guess that's number four. If this deal don't go through, I wonder what the city fathers are going to do with all that land they bought up there. We'll auction it off. Maybe that's what well, I bet you we paid about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and we'll sell it for forty thousand. We'll we'll plot it out. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll it's it's that's the new the new mayor will have to deal with that, you know. <laughs> Maybe yeah, we'll have to ask uh, Mitch if he gets to be mayor what he's going to do with that up there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With all that land they bought up there for them for the new fire station. Yeah, all right. Actually, I, I think they should give it to the. Uh, People that want to restore these old buildings, just give it to them and let them keep it up for about $40,000 a year. That was, taxpayers are done with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for thanks the call. For I got taking it. taking my call. <laughs> yeah, no problem. All right. Um, all right. One more quick break. We'll wrap up. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. I just looked at the story I had on wisdomnews.com to see if I put the wrong street, but I didn't because I didn't put the street. I wrote the other, the other station. On, uh, I believe, I think I wrote Gillette Street somewhere because I remember looking up how to spell Gillette Street just to be sure. How many L's? How many T's? Um, but yeah, so I appreciate Ken Gilliam coming on. Uh, talk about that a little bit rather than me have me ramble about it like I know anything. <laughs> um, tomorrow, UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Trigoski will, talk, will come on, see what kind of things we could talk about. There's always stuff going on in Madison that I see that we could talk about. I even brought Joe Heim on earlier this week to kind of help me break down some of this stuff and to kind of preview our mayoral debate. If you want to watch that mayoral debate, mayoral is such a funny word to say, uh, go to wisdomnews.com. Just click lacrosse mayor candidates. Just click that. You don't even have to hit the pull-down menu. If you just click that, it goes right to the debate. And if you want to listen to um, Vicki Markison, she was on with me yesterday. And any of these, uh, go to the pull-down menu. Now you go to the pull-down menu, podcast, go to lacrosse, talk, PM with Rick Solom. And I put the debate on there. So if you just want to listen to the debate on your phone, hit play. You can download it, I believe, too, from there, uh, from that website. And you can download all these shows. So uh, talk to Vicky for most of the show yesterday. It was a great conversation. Um, mayoral debates on there. Joe Heim conversation about what's going on statewide as well as uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, how the, the mayoral race is going. And on Monday, if anyone's looking to get back into the swing of things, fighting off, uh, sitting around for a year of pandemic, I brought on a Mayo doctor and a personal trainer slash uh, life coach, health coach, health coach on, on Monday. So always good things to listen to you on there, uh, unless you don't like me. 
then I don't know why you're listening. Have a good night.